We have got such a great show for you today. Former host of this podcast and Philadelphia Inquirer legend, Keith Pompey joins the show. And let's just say he has all the goods. We talk trades. We talk Ben Simmons. We talk Tobias Harris. We talk Joel Embiid's spicy comments and Tyrese Maxey's maybe not so perfect fit, he explains. And with trade talks heating up around the Indiana Pacers, Pompey even tries to convince me why DeMontis Sabonis would be a good fit alongside Embiid. That's right now on Locked On Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Plus, We've got great sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. It's showtime, baby. Joining me now, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, former host of this podcast, is here. Keith, can you start with a welcome, welcome, welcome? Can you? <laughs> yeah, I can. I, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's funny. That's, that was like my start because it was like, okay, where do I start at? Where do I start at? But yeah, yes. that, that became the catchphrase. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To you now, since I get to be on the other end, so fun to be able to catch up with you and chat with you. I know the fans are missing you out there. So why don't you tell the fans, how are you? Do you miss hosting the pod? Oh, I do. I do. You're doing a great job, though. But Appreciate um, I, it. Yeah, I, I do miss it. I mean, this podcast, what was it? I think I, I started it my second season covering the Sixers. So that might have been, what, seven seasons ago? eight seasons ago eight seasons ago so yeah it's been a um it's been a long time it's been fun I mean like again I said you're doing a a, a heck of a job I don't know if I could curse on this podcast but you're doing a heck of a job and, um, <laughs> but you know it was it was it was crazy it was one of those things where um you knew after um a game or something like that that you can just go there and just like just let it rip like speak from the heart so I, I appreciate the people at Locked On for allowing me to use this podcast as a platform for that. But again, you're doing a, a heck of a job <laughs> and um, I, I enjoy listening to it. Well, I know we miss hearing your perspective. So I'm excited that we get to get the Pompeii perspective today. And unfortunately, I've got to start with this, Keith, because at what point on this podcast do I get to start or I guess technically stop talking about Ben Simmons. Is, is, there, is there something in, in the future that's near, or is, am I going to be talking about him still for a long time? What do you think? You know, I, I think with Neil O'Shea being gone, the, the, the former general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, 
it could be something, you know what I mean? Something in the works could happen um, because of, you know, uh, CJ McCollum, you know, he was a guy who I actually thought, and, and sources used to say this in the summertime, everybody was saying, be in the lookout for the Sixers um, acquiring CJ McCollum right before the lead up of training camp. And then all of a sudden it's one of those things where, okay, it's not happening. Is it because, Maury decided not to go that way. Is it because Neil O'Shea? And then there are certain people who said the reason why it didn't happen is because Neil O'Shea didn't want to part ways with him. So to me, it could be something where, you know, we can see uh, something happen between Portland and the Sixers. But here's something else that I think. Let's just say if, if, if it's not CJ and um, if Portland, you know, wants to ask for a lot for him or, if, if the Sixers still say, hey, look, we want Dame, Dame or bus, right? I, I think that what we'll see, Serena, is that we'll see the Sixers basically look and see how the, the team is performing, right? If the team continues to struggle, it could be one of those things where they, they're not inclined to rush to make a deal. You know, they'll probably hold off and see if they can get a top-notch A-list, quote-unquote, you know, all-star type of player. But if the Sixers start going on to a little a run and Tobias starts playing better, Joel gets healthier, then all of a sudden I can see the Sixers looking at it like, hey, we got these guys in our prime. Maybe we can go and get a couple pieces who can help us get to the next level and then also have a first-round pick or a couple first-round picks that will help us do some more maneuvering in the offseason. So I think a lot of it has to um, it's, it's going to come down to how well the Sixers are playing after December the 15th, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So it was reported the other day that from Shams and Amick sources that the 76ers at one point asked the Trailblazers for McCollum and multiple draft picks, multiple draft spots, uh, swaps, which Portland rejected. And you know, I was thinking kind of back to what Daryl Morey had said a couple of months ago, which is that they want that all-star type player, right? Yeah. Like they don't want to settle. And so when I look at CJ, I mean, yes, he creates for himself on the perimeter. He's got the offensive tools, although his numbers have not only been down this year, but anybody who's been watching the Blazers can tell there's been a shift in CJ this year. But then also on the defensive end, he doesn't have that, right? And then he's 6'3". You've got Seth Curry in the lineup. So I look at it there and I just go, is that the guy that Daryl Morey is waiting for? Do you think the Sixers would settle for a guy like CJ? You know, that's a great question, Serena, because, you know, you look at it and you can say to yourself, like, and there's nothing against CJ, nothing right. against him. But when he plays next to a guy like a Dane, you know, you're saying, like, you, you assume that he can carry the team, but when you're playing next to a guy like Dame, teams aren't going into the game initially saying, okay, we got to stop CJ. You know what I mean? So, so that's the question. The thing about CJ, I, I think that the, the one thing you did say is about him and Seth Curry are, I'm not going to call them similar players, but they both can shoot the ball. Well, they, they both, um, they bring the similar assets. Yeah they, bring, yeah, yeah, they bring similar assets. Great. Right? So, but the thing is, it's like, if you go out and get him, you have to go out and get someone else. Like, right. I, I think like 
you know, maybe you say, okay, let's get Robert Covington too, right? To help out. But hey, he hasn't been time, doing well in Portland either. He wants he, out of there, I'm sure. Him and Billups, it, from what I hear, aren't getting along too well. So exactly. So you I mean you would know. Like we're, <laughs> but but the but the thing is, here it is though. Like if you go out there and you get CJ, you're still gonna have to go out there and, and get a third team, you you think, because you're gonna have to get a point guard. And and, and I know that, you know, I, I love my man Maxie. I, I you know, I love him a lot. But I also think that either if you're going to get a backup point guard or if you're going to bring Maxi off the bench, in order for this team to make the next step, I think CJ is a great addition, but he's a great addition if you have something else coming in as well. Because, you know, that I don't like that backcourt with him and, and, and Seth. And then, you know, and, and let's say if you keep Maxi, I just think that who's going to, who's going to be the primary defender? You know, we know they can get up shots, but who's going to be the primary defender? Speaking of, they've got to get somebody else then. Some more news out of the NBA today, Keith. And this one yeah. was from Shams again and, and Bob Kravitz over at The Athletic that the Indiana Pacers are now receptive to trade talks involving Kara Savert, DeMontis Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Do you think a team like this now being receptive to trade talks, does that impact the Sixers in any way? Maybe it's like you said, like with a three-team trade type of deal. Is this the type of stuff that Daryl Morey's waiting on? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like you look at it, like Daryl Morey kept saying December the 15th, right? What's today's date? December the 7th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, December the 6th, the Sham, one Sham report comes out in Brooklyn. I mean, excuse me, Portland. The second one comes out today. Um, with, um, you know, with Indiana. Yeah, this is the type of stuff because certain teams are basically telling people, hey, look, we're about to sell. We want to sell. We want to, you know, we want to get rid of these guys. And so it, it could work out for them. And I think that the, the Karis Levert thing, you know, would would definitely, um, you know, be great for the Sixers as soon as they got them. Now, here's the thing. A friend of mine texted me today and was like, man, I really would love Sabonis. And I'm like, man, the Sixers can't get him. They can't get him. But the crazy part is his name is being linked to, to trade talks, right? That they're making them available. Now, personally, like, I think that they need a guard, but the Sabonis MB pair, I mean, I, I, I kind of like that. Do you? Know, you? I, hmm. Yeah, I do. You I don't know, know that I do. You know why I like it? You because tell me. If you look at how, um, if if you look at how Indiana plays now, um, Sabonis is listed as a power forward, right? But he plays center on offense. And when you so Miles Turner's out there shooting threes, teams are looking crazy, like how you know how can I defend him? And but when you look at Embiid and you see how Embiid likes to roam the perimeter, he likes to play in the mid court. He doesn't like bodying people and banging with people as much as everybody wants him to. I look at that and I can say to myself, like, okay, well, if if you had to pair him with someone where Embiid is playing out in the perimeter, then maybe this guy could work out well. I see what you're saying, but I'm just looking at it like I look at Embiid as being better than Miles Turner. And then you look at Sabonis and how impactful he was with those two, that, that pairing. Now, if it was like traditional and we're talking about the both of them trying to battle down low and do things like that, 
I don't think it will work. But the fact that Embiid, I mean, you look at it last night when they beat um, when, when they beat Charlotte, Embiid was killing them with mid-range jumpers. I mean, he had a couple donks, a couple post-ups, but for the most part, he was from the outside shooting mid-range jumpers. So that's why I like it. I hear you there, but Embiid is at his best when we see what he can do, in my opinion, inside. And then when he can add to his game, the jumpers that we saw the other night, the fadeaways, the stepbacks, yes. But to me, the first option has got to be getting getting him inside because that's an area where you watch the game and he is better than everybody else there. I hate when he's hanging out in the perimeter for two long stretches of a time, but that's just me. But I do, I do see your point. I hate there, it too. Keith. I hate it too. But how many times have you like, most, like, I mean, come on now, you, you, you covered the Sixers. You, you used to go to all the practices, you know what I mean? Stuff like oh, that. Yeah. How many times we would show up and we're thinking that MB is going to show us some post moves afterwards, but all he's doing is shooting threes and mid range jumpers. You know what I mean? It's I like, do. that's what he loves. That's what he loves to do. I, I, I hear you. All right, Keith. Yeah. I got more for you. Can you hang on okay. with us? Yeah, I can hang on. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? Sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. Now, LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like King James. So if you head to calm.com slash LockedOnNBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% off discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com slash locked on NBA. That's com.com slash locked on NBA. I love that we've got a built bar read when Keith Pompey, the former podcast host, is on the show because I know he loves a built bar. Just so many flavors you have a hard time choosing. Are you going to have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie? These are just amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You heard it. That's the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. I mean, this protein bar tastes like a candy bar. Or, I mean, you might even say it's better than a candy bar. Built Bar. It gives you that extra fuel you need. And if you like marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Did I mention their chocolatey deliciousness? Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Keith, first of all, I got to uh, mention something funny here, because one of the mailbag questions before we get to the uh, serious questions... Happened to be, Keith, do you still like them built bars? And because I got a built bar read in the show today, we got to know, do you still like the built bars? Yeah, I still like built bars. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's funny. Like, I, I thought, like, after I would stop doing a podcast, that they would stop, like, sending me stuff. 
Uh, they still send me stuff. Oh, that's so awesome. I appreciate you, Built Bar. Yeah, they. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like the reason why I like Built Bar, and I and I tell people this is because I'm like a chocolate fanatic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not good for me, right? So I could get up in the morning and I could get my my chocolate fix with Built Bar. And it's funny, I remember one time I did a live read and said, it's good enough to make you slap your mama. And my <laughs> mom, like somebody told my mom and she was like, oh, so you want to slap me over a Built Bar? I was like, mom, I was just joking. Was just oh my joking. gosh, good so, enough to slap <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I like Bill Bar. I like Bill Bar. That's awesome. I love it. I just, I got to keep bars with me all the time. I, I used to be called snacks back in LA because I just carried a bag that always has snacks in it. Oh, really? If I do not yeah. have, oh yeah, if I don't have a bar on me, you don't, you don't want to see me hangry. But enough <laughs> about that. We've got Sixers talk to get to. And hey, last time I think I saw Ben Simmons, by the way, it was a video that I'm pretty sure you posted about a week and a half ago. And he was working out at Wells Fargo Center right before a game. Keith, just what's going on here? Is he just showing up when he wants to to get some shots up? What's the latest here? You know, I, I think like, you know, right now we, we, we know he's not with the team here and in, in, uh, in, in Charlotte, but it's one of those things where he has to work out with, the, I mean, he has to do some workouts. So what he does is like day of the game or, or whenever, you know, he'll go to the practice facility and he'll, he'll do his workout. Now, some days when they're at the arena and they don't like have a morning shoot around, they do everything at the arena. You know what I mean? So I think that was one of those days where he had to come in, you know, from the people I spoke to, they said he came in around two o'clock, he started working out, putting up, you know, and like lifting weights. And then he did a workout with, you know, some of the shooting coaches. One of the guys he worked out with was Doc Rivers' son. So, you know, I think it's part of what they expect of him to do. And he does it. The team does the walkthrough. He goes into the locker room and then he leaves, you know. Do we know whether right now, since he's obviously not on the trip, whether or not he's getting fined right now? Do we have that info? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I would assume that he is. Yeah. You know, if he's not here, you know. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. All right. That's going to be the extent of the uh, Ben questions I ask you about today. <laughs> you get tired of it like a lot of people. You know, there's only so much. There's on, only so much you can talk about. Um, but there's so many other interesting things in the NBA right now. And we are living in an absolutely crazy time with COVID still, I mean, just ravaging the NBA. And I think in your article was where I got the info that the Sixers have missed a combined 27 games, right? From COVID. And that's the most in the league. And I'm reading your article on the Philadelphia Inquirer today. And for the listeners out there, if you're a Sixers fan, you know, you have to subscribe to the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's just something you've got to do. Great work there as always. But I had just assumed that obviously Tobias Harris played this last game against Charlotte, but then he was out with the non-COVID related illness, right? That's what we were told. And so I just assumed he had the flu or something, right? But then I'm reading your article and Tobias is talking about how he had a a flu test and that came back negative and how he thinks he's just feeling these lingering effects of COVID. So what has he told you about how he's feeling and how has this part of the NBA been for you to cover? What are you learning right now? I mean, it's weird. I'm learning that right now is it's not about talent all the time. It's about 
how many healthy players you have, you know, in the COVID situation. And, you know, that, that when you think back to it, that Tobias situation is scary. I mean, it was scary. Like, you know, there were people who were, you know, on social media were extremely critical of him in that Boston Celtics game. And then you hear after the game, they check his temperature later on and it's 104. Wow. You know, you know, 104. And, um, you know, it, it, it was one of those things where I spoke to several people. They were thought that he still had COVID. They thought that it like he had COVID. Then it's That's crazy that he's playing thought. still. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think everyone, you know, I don't like, okay, you, you know, Tobias. I mean, you know, Tobias, you know, better than most. And, you know, you guys have a, you know, a, a friendship. So, but, but the thing is, to me, it's kind of sort of, you know, Tobias is the type of guy who is hard to keep Tobias off the court, right? Mm-hmm. He always wants to play. You know, you can make an argument that he initially came back too soon. I mean, it was right after 10 days, but he could have rested a little bit more. And I think that, like you said, you know, we're, we're, it, this is tough. Like he had, he's having upper respiratory and in, in, in infection. He's also having like sinus problems. You know, he had a really bad fever. You know, on Sunday, Tobias, they had practice. And you know how like after they practice, the guys put up shots. Well, Tobias had to take several breaks because he was so out of breath just from taking shots, right? He was mm-hmm. coughing, he was doing everything. And it's like, this guy has a real bad cold, but he doesn't have a cold per se, you know? So, right, you know, right. and, and you look at it last year, you know, Seth Curry, it, it took him months to recover. I mean, he didn't recover from COVID fully until the off season this summer. So, Tobias, that's the scary situation about it because he's a guy in tip-top shape. He wants to play, and he's getting criticized for some of his play, but people just don't know how he's gutting it out and doing what he has to do. And that's why I say these games is not about who's the best player. It's about who is healthy, who doesn't have COVID. It's just it's, it's really a bad situation. And look, I'll be the first to admit watching the games, you know, from my view now, and um, I've wanted more from Tobias this season in terms of how he plays. You know, I want him to shoot more catch and shoot threes as an example versus put the ball on the ground um, and dribble into guys. Um, So I'll be the first to admit that there's from that side. I want to see more of that at the same time. Now that, you know, I'm hearing all of this from you as well, it's great points to bring up and a great thing to remind ourselves about what these guys are also going through that we can't see right when we're just watching the game. Yeah, exactly right. Now, the one thing I will say, the offense that they do have, and, you know, Tobias is, you know, he's the type of guy, like he he was probably the most unselfish McDonald's All-American ever because mm-hmm. it's like he's always looking for others and he doesn't, he misses opportunities. And their offense, they want to run everything through him. So he's like trying to be the quarterback at the gym when you're like, no, bruh, you need to take that shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. That shot. That's how so, I feel when watching. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, he's going through it. And then we also saw today with Woj reporting from ESPN that there's been a memo sent with the NBA that teams today were informed that unvaccinated players will no longer be allowed to travel to Toronto 
to play games beginning on January 15th because of the new Canadian law. So that's interesting. You know, the Sixers don't, they play Toronto December 28th, which is Mm -hmm. before that January 15th. Then the Sixers rep that I talked to, they were under the assumption that it's not until after January 15th that all of this goes into effect. Um, But this is something too, where it's like at this point, you know, it's not been made available who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been vaccinated, but it's going to be things that we're going to start to find out depending on what players are traveling and not traveling to Toronto, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, I will say this, all but as of about a month ago, all but two 76ers were, were vaccinated. And one is a guy who's at the end of the bench who rarely plays. And the other one was Ben Simmons, right? So I don't expect Ben Simmons to make that trip. And, you know, unfortunately for that one guy, you're right. Well, but this is going to be in December, so it's cool. But, like, all of, like, Joel, most of the guys who the Sixers are really dependent on, you know, all those guys should be fine because they, they're vaccinated. But, yeah, the Sixers only had two, Ben Simmons and another guy who rarely plays. We've got plenty more to talk about with Keith in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. They've got you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Keith, what did you make of Joel Embiid's comments the other night? Um, he said that this something that along the effect of this is the first time since he got drafted that everyone on the team is likable and that he wants to spend time with him off the court. Now he did also say like, he was not trying to say that anyone else he hasn't played with wasn't likable. He did say that, but he just said that, you know, everybody wants to win and that makes it a lot easier. It was very telling because in addition to that, he also said since I first came there, because if you notice he was taught when he was a rookie, you know, there was like Nerlens Noel, some other guys, and, you know, he hung out with them, right? So it's basically they left and now he's not doing it. It was extremely telling. You know, a, a lot of people and, and like you and I, we can talk about it and people are going to say, um, well, I think you guys are insinuating something or you guys are making something up. But sometimes it, it's one of those things when a guy makes that statement, we all basically know what they're talking about. They're not going to admit to it. But we all know it. And the one thing I will say, Serena, I will say this, like, you know, Joel has been a pleasure to deal with this season. I mean, he has now again, you know, Joel, a lot of people know in the NBA, the superstars are always they always take forever. You know, it's like sometimes they don't want to talk. But when but when Joel does come out and talk is always, a you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like he knows that this is his team. 
he knows that everyone on the team, they all rally around him. Mm -hmm. There's no one that he's competing against. You know, it's like there's a comfort level there. And some people may say, okay, he signed that max extension. But no, it's like he knows that he's that guy. And, And I think that when they go out to dinner and they do things like that, they all know that Joel's that guy, you know? So when he says that, and, you know, right now, me and you, we're, I'm not naming any names. I'm not saying anything. But at the same time, it's basically, it's just telling you why he feels the way he does. You sure. know, because, because, like, he is the man, the alpha dog. They all look to him. You know, it, 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 it's like he knows that they're going to give him the ball. He knows that at the end of the game, they're all going to say, okay, Joel, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. You know, he's not competing to be the man of the team. And again, maybe I'm saying a little bit too much and maybe some people say I'm reading into it, but I honestly believe what what I'm saying. You know, and I think there's a lot of people who believe that. And look, you've been around the team for long enough to be entitled to that opinion. I will definitely say that. How good, though, can this team be as constructed as it is right now? Wow. If you base it off of their first game against Charlotte, you would probably say not good at all. I mean, I know they didn't have Tyrese Maxey who played. You know, my thing is, I I think that this team right now, you know, it's – it's a little tough to say. I think we'll we'll learn a lot more to give a definitive answer in maybe like five or six games. Um, but I don't look at this team as a team that can get out of the second round right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because as much as I love George Niang, I mean, he's a great guy to cover. He brings a lot of energy. He's better than you expect. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond is a good backup center. But I think they need an all-star type of player to pair with Joel for them to go deep in the playoffs. I hear you. I'm with you, and I hear you, and I'd have to agree. Um, because you've written some great articles lately on on Tyrese Maxey, let's kind of end our conversation with him a little bit. I know Doc Rivers said some some things that make a ton of sense the other day. And I think it was to you, Keith, about how, look, you know, Doc was a point guard and there's not everybody needs that point guard on their team that is orchestrating the offense and telling this guy he needs to be in that spot and this guy he needs to be there and has that court vision. Not every team has that. And I think it was Doc who said it's only like half the teams that do. Um, And Tyrese Maxey kind of falls into that other, other category, right, where he... He's in the point guard role, but the expectations for him are not the latter of what I just said. How do you see his fit with Embiid working out? I, I don't like it. I mean, I, I don't like the fit with Embiid. Um, you know, I, and, and again, you know, Doc, you know, if you hey, you say something to Doc about it, he's like, oh, come on, he's just missing shots. Don't worry. Don't do it. But I, I just think that when, you know, Tyrese, like you said, in order, there's two certain, there's two sets of point guards. I like Tyrese a lot, but I think he loses a lot of his effectiveness when he's playing on the floor with MB. You know, when he's playing with Tobias, he still has some of it, 
right? Mm-hmm. But when he's playing with both of them, he loses it. And the reason being is because, you know, Tyrese is a guy who's Mr. Excitement. He makes things happen, right? And he'll, he'll score and then he'll give the dish. At this particular stage of his career, it just seems like when he's playing with those two together, he's a little bit unsure of himself. Should I pass the ball? Should I shoot the ball? You know, this and that. And don't get me wrong, he is a great player, a great young player, right? He's mm-hmm. going to get better. But I, I just think that in order for them to, to be able to make that next leap, um, they're going to, as long as they have Embiid, they need like a point guard, a traditional point guard, a guy that's going to be able to get Tobias in the right spot so we don't question his game, a guy that's going to be able to feed Embiid. And then you can have Maxi, you know, coming in maybe as a two guard or you can have him uh, uh, playing, um, coming off the bench and being like Mr. Excitement. But right now, not to say that he can't develop into it, but that's just not his role. And I think that's part of the reason why he excelled when Joel wasn't on the floor, because he didn't have to think as much. He just was being real instinctive. Keith, thank you so, so much for your time today. I've got to end with this mailbag question from Carl, who asks, Keith, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? When I fell from <laughs> heaven? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you might want to ask my, my father keeps telling me I came from somewhere else when I was a kid growing up. <laughs> I love it. Well, having some fun with you, Keith. His name is Keith Pompey. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Read his work at the Philadelphia Inquirer. They really do great work. They're covering the Sixers. And he is one of the few guys that is on the road covering this team in and out. We need that in the media. Keith, I hope that you come back on the pod because it is great chatting with you. It's great, too. Can I say one thing? Of course. Can I say one thing? Hey, y'all, I want y'all to make sure that you guys follow this podcast. I listen to it. Serena is the best. I'm telling you, she's the best. When she used to be around all the time, and I see her, I used to admire her work ethic and everything. So just do me a favor. Please follow Locked On 76ers podcast because you have a great host. I'm sorry, host in Serena. Keith, Keith, Keith. Thank you so much. I miss seeing you all the time, man. And gotta, I gotta have you back. <laughs> yeah, please do have me back. I really enjoy chatting with you. Perfect. Well, how much fun was that? I love that. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sixers. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. And if you're looking for some gambling insight, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You know the deal. We'll see you tomorrow.